I feel like mothers have this ability or parents generally, they have this ability to just not show it to yeah. us so that we don't know that they're struggling. Exactly. But when we're at the stage, we suddenly realize that they actually go through a lot. Tune Islam is brought to you by Muslim.sg a one-stop online media platform that aims to inspire and empower Singapore Muslims with bespoke Islamic religious content. Follow us on social media. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Season 2 of Tune Islam, a podcast for Singapore Muslim millennials on Islamic faith, love and happiness. Here's where we share spiritual guidance and share practical insights to inspire positivity and uplift our well-being. My name is Azza Fariha and I will be your host for today. Here with us, we have Ustaza Amalina. Welcome Ustaza Amalina. Thank you so much, Azza. And she is from the Asatiza Youth Network. She's currently a global policy manager at a global tech company. She's a very busy woman, but she's often seen in many engagement sessions, particularly in youth and tech-related fields, where she shares her insights on the industry and hopes to inspire the next generation. Today, Usaza, we're going to be talking about a mother's doa. It's a topic that's very close to my heart because I'm a mother myself, um, mother of two, coming to three, my third one, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I am very, very interested in this topic and to hear what you have to share with us today. So I know, Usaza, that there is a very popular saying in our community that goes by um, Shorga adalah di bawah telapak kaki ibu which means stay with her for paradise is beneath her feet and also there's a hadith that mention mother three times and then comes father what does that mean ustaza and that's a very good question Azza. i think intuitively it shows how much allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prefers a mother in a very special way and that the obedience of parents especially mother is placed in the quran um, along with the obedience of him um, so all in all, it sort of reflects the kind of honour and place that mothers deserve in Islam. And I think we can, you know, maybe have a conversation about this in two folds. Mm-hmm. Firstly, I would say that, and I'm sure you concur this, every woman who wants to become a mother, the kind of pain and challenges they go through pre-pregnancy, during the pregnancy period, and then childbirth, it's a kind of pain and challenge that's very unique and it's almost something that you can't put into words. And I definitely would also mention that it's not limited to just mothers who go through natural childbirth. There are mothers who go through C-sections, other sort of complications. Mothers who go through other methods of becoming a mother Mm. um, and even through fostering adoption and things like that. It's very interesting because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentioned this in the Quran in Surah Al-Aqaf. And he says that the mothers bore them in hardship and then also delivered them in hardship. And it's amazing because it is being mentioned in the Quran is the single source of truth for all of us. And I think beyond that, beyond just seeing it from a very religious lens and science also illustrate that the pain of childbirth is almost equivalent as one breaking 20 bones simultaneously. I can't imagine breaking one, let alone 20. (laughs) Um, And mashallah, you know, it's the kind of pain that it's hard for you to fathom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually puts the pleasure of a mother 
almost as a precursor or a requisite to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's encapsulated in this very uh, famous story where a man came to Ibn Abbas. He committed a very major sin. He came telling him what he's done and he wanted Ibn Abbas to tell him what can he do so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him. So Ibn Abbas instead asked, you know, is your mother alive? Hal mm-hmm. And he said, no. So immediately Ibn Abbas said, then go and seek repentance and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hope for his mercy. So the man left. So the student of Ibn Abbas got very puzzled because this man came confessing a a crime, a sin, yet you ask of his mother, you know, which part of that fits into the equation? He actually said this very beautifully. Wallahi, I don't know any action that is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than serving your own mother. That I cannot think of any actions that Allah loves more than bringing kindness and obedience to your mother. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it doesn't just show the kind of like, um, the honor, the kind of place mothers deserve in Islam, but also essentially boils down to how mothers are the gates, you know, our gateway to paradise. What you mean by that, Ustaza, is that um, no matter how grave your mistake is or your sins are, to expiate the sin, you you have to first ensure that your mother is well taken care of. Yes. Am I correct? Maybe you want to share with us a little bit about your experience with your mom or, or stories that is very close to your heart. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting, especially at this age where we're still young, we're now financially independent. The first one was when I first started working. Um, and then, you know, it's that excitement where you can start finally giving parents, um, you know, some pocket money every month. Um, so that was what I did first. Um, and two things struck me. It was when I realized that my parents were very hesitant to take it. Okay. Although, you know, you're reached at that point where you you feel that responsibility. And it's amazing because it sort of put across like they are still, you know, they, you're still their baby. Yeah. But more importantly also, I think, as you become more financially aware, you know, now that you have a lot of purchasing power, yeah. you realize the cost of living, you know, and everything... Um, on that sort, it amazes me how my mom raised me and my siblings and put us through madrasa education with the little salary that they had. Mm. And not yeah. just education, they have to pay for the house, they have to pay for uh, transportation, cost of living and all that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what about your story? After becoming a mother myself, I, I realised how... Um, big a sacrifice my mom and my parents la both uh, went through to bring us up. There's only me and my brother, mm-hmm. but uh, the, my parents are in the food business. So they started off with a very small stall selling um, their, the usual Malay cuisine, mirabos, misoto, and all that, you know. And the brains behind um, this whole food business was my mom. She took the step to uh, sacrifice her time. She knew that she had to uh, make all these sacrifices in order to bring us up as well as she could to the best of the abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I think one interesting thing is that I feel like mothers have this ability or parents generally, they have this ability to just not show it to us so that we don't know that they're struggling. Exactly. But when we're at the stage, we suddenly realise that they actually go through a lot. Yeah. Like, you now start to figure out, like, 
How do you, how do they even do? They just even knew that it? they had to do it, and you know, you just do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think <laughs> the other day also I was you know chatting with my mom about this, and then I feel perhaps one of the biggest sacrifices she did was even before she gave birth to me. So what happened was before um, my parents my parents had me, uh, my mom had I think one or two miscarriages, and then what happened was they found out there was a cyst growing. Uh. Together with me in her womb, unfortunately, and it came to a point where she had to make a decision to remove the cyst, or it will disrupt the growth of myself you, in her oh, womb. I, I don't think that's something that any first-time parent would want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So she made the brave decision to go through the surgery um, to at least keep me in the womb for the next few months until I've. I've You know, come to full term. Mm. Going through operation and surgery, you need a lot of drugs to be sedated and stuff. And I remember clearly every time she tells this story, I briefly say, "No, it's okay. Just don't put me under any drugs. I'll stay awake throughout the surgery." I can't even imagine you in an operating theater. Yeah. You hear all the clink and clangs that go in the theater itself. And she said that, yeah, because like I wanted you to. Be full term so that I can eventually see you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm willing to go through. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think you can sort of maybe appreciate, you know, physical sort of challenges that parents go through. Yeah. But emotional sort of roller coaster is something that, yeah, it's it. You can't put words to it. There's a famous quote that says, "Having a child is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body." After I became a mother, I truly understand and appreciate the love and sacrifice more than ever before. The love you have for your children is truly boundless. How about you? How has motherhood transformed you? A mother's sacrifice knows no boundaries. There's this saying that goes like that. And we know that in Islam we have to take care of our mums to the best that we can, up to the best of our abilities. Can you share a little bit more about this, Ustaza? Yeah, I think if you were to take reference to many of the hadith um, that's being shared by a lot of our scholars, there's one prominent hadith um, which says that a man once came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asking for Rasulullah's permission uh, to participate uh, in jihad. And interestingly, Rasulullah didn't immediately say yes. Um, instead, he responded and he asked, "Are your parents alive?" And the man said, "Yes." So Rasulullah said, "Then exert yourself in service to them." And from this hadith, we sort of see the importance that is being given to take care of our parents is given equal sort of weight, if not more, vis-a-vis. Um, Other acts of worship we have to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. As we dive further into understanding the religion, we tend to gravitate towards recognizing and valuing like more sort of tangible sacrifices. You know, what more else that we can do for the religion? We mm. want to do for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We want to be great servants. But I absolutely love how Allah often reminds you that it's there's no one ultimate way. As part of ourselves seeking the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, the hablu min Allah and the hablu min nas has to be equal. You know, Allah didn't say you choose one over the other. 
But for you to get the pleasure of Allah, it also hinges upon and it also has to go hand in hand with you taking care of other people. Mm. So it ultimately shows that taking care of parents is giving the same amount of importance, if not more, for you to attain that level of pleasure. You know, what we do in this world, part of our amana is to look after our parents. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one of the highest act of worship that we can think of. Um, and it's the most convenient one for a lot of us who still have parents. Because mm, they are so show. close to us. Yeah. I would like to ask you, why is a mother's dua very important in our lives? It's actually a very good question. And I think there's this hadith uh, by Abu Hurairah radiallahu uh, which actually mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says there's three types of supplications that is being answered without any doubt. A is the supplication of an oppressed person. B is the supplication of a traveller, Musafir. And thirdly, in C, which is the supplication of a parent over the child. So I think that just comes to show that the power of the dua of a mother, which also comes to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually listens to what the mother says, the mother prays for over the child. And as we know, anything that comes out from our mouth are also a type of dua. Mm -hmm. From a lot of past history and stories, it really shows how the magnitude on scale and the kind of limitless... Um, power of the dua of a mother can effect. It can go from curing illnesses, even bring a lot of happiness and pleasure and barakah to one's life. Prophet Musa um, once asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who's my companion in Jannah? And uh, Malika Jibril actually says that um, this, this companion, um, he's a butcher and he lives in a certain place. So Prophet Musa then sets off finding, trying to find this person. Long story short, he bumped into um, a random person um, in, in one of the butcher shops. He accompanied the person even back home. Um, they stayed, they chatted. Came a time where um, this young man actually brought her, brought his mom. Um, I think that's like from the description, they live in a, like a two-story house. So her mom, uh, his mom was very old, very aged. Came and then he fed her, he cleaned her. Um, and then Prophet Musa actually saw that his mom was actually mumbling something. They couldn't really catch it. So Prophet Musa then, you know, approached him and say, um, and ask, you know, your, your mom recited something, but I didn't really catch it. What did she say? Um, and he says that every time I clean, um, every time I feed her, my mom will actually pray. May Allah forgive you and place you as the companion of Prophet Musa salam. So the point of it is that the, the dua of a mom, apart from alleviating a lot of your physical hardship, it's to also, it's to the extent that it, it gives you that mention of a prophet mm -hmm. to place you amongst the prophet mm -hmm. in Jannah. It's sort of like one of the highest sort of like prayer you would want yeah. when we live in the, um, eternally um, in Jannah. I think part of that Holistically, if we look at it also, it's really, it's really something we need as part of our journey in this world yeah. um, and for the Akhirah. And I think you, you'll be able to attest to that as well. Yeah, because we are so busy leading our lives, you know, daily, such that um, it becomes a routine and we forget these little things that um, makes it worthwhile. 
So when you mention the story of that, it really brings us back to what we can utter or what we can say to our children, what our mothers say to us, um, so that we can be closer to uh, the practices of uh, the prophets. Yeah, so yeah. I think when you have that close relationship with your mom, you know, you you do things together and then it it makes her feel happy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it naturally moves her to also make dua for you. Mm-hmm. And I think beyond that will also be the kind of barakah that comes with it. Yeah, and I think it's mm-hmm. interesting because barakah is something that we don't see. Exactly. We we say, um, we talk about it, yeah. but it doesn't come in any concrete shape or form. There's definitely going to be hardship that we feel in this life. There's a lot of challenges. Yeah. But somehow perhaps we feel more at calm yeah. where some catastrophe even happens or we can we always feel that as much as um, we are financially tight but somehow we can still make things like, work yeah, yeah, exactly. it's also still part of baraka Correct. it's so interesting that you mentioned the word baraka and how like, we we cannot we cannot see it but it's something that we can feel as we go on about our daily lives yes. because uh, speaking from personal experience i just want to share a little yeah. bit i i took two and a half years leave uh, from teaching because I'm actually teaching uh, to help my parents at the shop. Mm -hmm. So during these two and a half years, I see my mom every day and I work with her every day. And the baraka that I felt from that two and a half years is very different from what I am facing now. For example, where I only see her at most once a week. And I think some people might also uh, feel the same way. Mm. In this case, Ustaza, how do we strengthen or maintain the bond with our mothers? Because not everyone has the opportunity to see their parents yeah. every day. What do you think they need from us as from us as children? Yeah. 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 I actually feel that the point you just mentioned about making time, I think that's the best you, we can do as we adult. Because, you know, we have a plate and it has always been maybe half full. And we have so much time with our family. But as you say, as you mentioned also, as we grow up, we take on more responsibility. We have our own family. That time, and not just time, but attention that we give to people around us, mm. it slowly like, it thins every single time. Right? Yeah. I make a point to always tell people that my family time is a non-negotiable. So even if that means, say, once a week, we have family dinner at home. Every Tuesday is family dinner. Yeah. Or every Saturday, a block out is just, you know, time with family. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's very precious. Something that I also do with my mom is to spend time to do what she loves. You know, mm. just be a part of her routine, part of what she does every day. Um, for example, you know, you can go... Um, and eat together. If she has dinner every day at 6pm, then you also be at the dinner table at 6pm. Yeah, yeah. You know, be there, be present. So there's this cute thing I really like to do with my mom. I'm very close to my mom. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that she loves strawberry milkshake from McDonald's specifically. <laughs> um, she always have that when she was having uh, me and my two brothers. We are all one year apart. So huh? it's one year after another. And so it's something that she always have. So usually after I come back from work, I'll just swing by McDonald's. And you know, like, the milkshake is really small. Yeah. Then I'll come back, I'll surprise my mom. And every single time, I'll get the same reaction. It's just like genuine and pure happiness. <laughs> Although that milkshake is just $2.50 and it's so small. Yeah. And I feel like that in itself, seeing how happy she is, yep. 
it almost feels like I hope that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala sees me that way, is happy as happy as she is seeing me mm. doing that for her. I personally don't think our parents need anything per se, um, and I also see that because I think, and genuinely, you know, as you go through motherhood as well, your single hope is that your child actually grow to become a good human being, bring benefit to people around them. Mm. And ultimately, good servants to Allah. I really generally think that our parents only want to, you know, to reap what they sow because we are dia amana in this world. And it's nice. It's it, it's interesting because we in turn also need them to, you know, make our path smooth yeah. to to Jannah. So it's it's really not something that they need, but it's for us to also do justice, I guess, to what they have done. And this sort of idea that we are their investments for their hereafter, it it clicked with me once when um, I remember I think it was um, during my first job, and then I was I was with my colleagues, and then one person suddenly she came up to me after a few interactions, and she looked at me and she said, "Amalina, today when you come home, can you please relay my thank." To your mum, for who you are today, I don't know why. At that point, I was shocked, and I almost like bawled. I was like, yeah, almost scared. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and that's so beautiful because I am absolutely, I guess, honored and grateful that people see the kind of love and yeah. sacrifice my parents has poured into me, and not just seeing what I do as me, you know, mm-hmm. but. It's also like actually it's Part them. Of them. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. give it back to them, and if anything that I do good and I touch people's lives, it's really that I hope it goes back to them yeah. and that Allah is pleased with them, so that Allah is pleased with me as well. Inshallah. That is such a fantastic story. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Do you, Do you think that our roles sort of reverse when we grow older? Like our parents, they raise us, they took care of us. Until you know we are at a certain age where we're so independent, but I come to realize that as they age, the roles reverse where we look after them, and you know it. It'll come to a point where we are the ones who will then bathe them, clean them, help them. You know, give the kind of life that we have. They have given us. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's out of love that they give the world to us. And it's also that we need to learn from that so that we are able to give, give it back them. to them. Yeah, and it it occurred to me like I think a couple months back when my mom fractured her her arm. Um, so definitely, you know, it, she it's very limited in terms of what she can do. And I, it, to me, it just came naturally that I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna drop everything. I'm gonna work from home. I'm gonna make the necessary arrangements so that I can be with her, especially when she needs help eating, praying, yeah. and things like that. And to some extent, I feel like she she felt as, as if like she's burdening me. You know, she'll be like, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this." Yes. But I literally look at her and I'm like, "You did this for me. You bathe me. You clean me. Why would I feel any ounce of shame that I have to do that?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that is something that I felt is quite beautiful in terms of how our life pans out. What about you? You know, like you're a mother. You also see how perhaps you're raising your daughter as well. What do you think? Well, there is this 
understanding in our community that last time, you know, the parents, the way they brought up their kids is such that, oh, you you know, when you grow up, you better take care of me. You know, that's your responsibility. It's something that's being shoved into our faces. Mm. And it's something that is being told to us in our childhood uh, that we must prepare mentally for. Um, but hearing your story, it seems that it has been painted differently such that the child should want to do it without feeling it as a responsibility. It's more of like, no, this is what comes naturally. You did it for me when I, when I was younger. And I'm going to do it for you when you're older. You know, it's something beautiful. It's supposed to be that way. And I feel that the story that you shared is how we should paint it to our children. I think like the messaging, the kind of like norm that we inculcate to the more younger one yeah. reshapes how they view exactly the sort of correct yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing with us um, all your beautiful stories about your parents about your mom we have learned so much from you today and we can see how gentle you are oh, how beautifully Allah. put your words are and I think it's something that we all can learn from I hope Everyone will also make dua for my mom. Thank you so much for listening. So if you like this episode, please follow Tune Islam and stay tuned for more. Assalamualaikum.